welcome to the Labrador podcast from Tales of Success Labrador Training. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Labrador podcast. My name's Vicky Sharp. I'm your host for this podcast and also a trainer at Tales of Success Labrador Training. In this episode, I'm talking to Caroline. She has her own Labradors, but she's also the owner of a fabulous business called Hedgerow Hounds. Caroline will tell you more about Hedgerow Hounds as the episode gets on. But if you're interested in great healthcare and nutrition for your Labrador, you will definitely want to stay tuned. You'll also hear how you can get some discount on your Hedgerow Hounds purchases. Hello, Caroline. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hello, it's lovely to be here. You talk about Labradors, which is my favourite subject. Yeah, and you were just saying, actually, you don't normally do podcasts, but you've selected us carefully because we're the Labrador podcast, and I'm I'm grateful for that. Absolutely. Right. So you're not just here to talk about business. You've already alluded to the fact that you're a massive Labrador fan. So just like me, we've got another Labrador fanatic in the house. So tell us all a little bit about your own personal dogs. Who have you got? Well, at the moment, I have... um, two rescue dogs, um, one from Labrador Lifeline um, and one from Labrador Rescue Trust. Um, now, Bree was my first rescue dog. Um, I had him, gosh, probably 11 years. Um, he was an emergency foster dog, arrived um, a few days before um, Christmas many years ago. Um, and yeah, he's been an absolutely fantastic dog. He's an absolute joy. I mean, he was extremely difficult in the beginning, um, extremely aggressive towards men in particular. So he taught me an awful lot. Um, and then I had another lovely fox red bitch, which came from Labrador Rescue Trust again. Um, she was absolutely lovely and lived till she was 15. Um, and now I have um, Violet, who's from Lab Lifeline, um, who was a lockdown puppy. And um, obviously the family went back to work and back to school and she really struggled and she spent most of her life in a crate. So, um, again, she um, was quite challenging when she arrived, but she's absolutely lovely. Um, great companion, um, huge character. Um, so she, I mean, she's, they're both absolutely beautiful dogs. So yeah, it's my experience with rescue dogs before that. It's, um, I think I had my first Labradors of my own. Um, they would have been a wedding present. So that was in 1989, um, got two Labradors and they're not supposed to, but two girls together, two little sisters, um, who got on brilliantly. There was never any grumbles or anything between them. They, they got on so well um so yeah because um, there is there is lots of um kind of research and and experiences on that littermate syndrome where you know like you say two from the yes. same can be problematic it can be extremely difficult yes but um i think because um i had my own land at the time um so they were they had quite full days they were out a lot of the time um so they're either sort of full on out in the fields and they used to come up riding with us occasionally, um, or they'll be asleep. I think they they had quite full lives, really. I think which probably helped. Um, you said your first Labradors were were wedding presents, um, mm. and then you've had other Labradors since. Have you had any yes. other breed of dog, or has it always been Labradors? No, I mean, just had that space. Um, I mean, when I was at home with my parents, we had 
um, Spaniels, Golden Retrievers and Labradors. Um, my childhood, when I was very, very young, was been a Black Labrador um, and a Collie. Um, it's pretty much, I mean, it was the moment I left home and could get my own dogs, um, it was definitely only, and at the time, only Black Labradors as well. It was only ever going to be Black Labradors, which um, I stuck to for many, many years um, and always had the same family line as well. So there was um, a, my first ever male dog was from um, the same family line as the two original bitches. Um, and then there was another uh, male dog as well from the, the same family line. Um, and it wasn't until I had my first rescue dog, who was a yellow Labrador. Um, yeah, some, something a little bit different than a fox red Labrador. So I've, I've had all of them apart from chocolate, actually. I've never had a chocolate Labrador. Maybe that's next on the list. Yeah. So um, as, as we're talking, you can maybe see over my shoulder, I've got two pictures of Labradors, one either side. So I've got a black one and a chocolate. They were my uh, my two oldies. And um yeah, different colours, different temperaments, different personalities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've you've yeah. got to try them all. Definitely got to try them all. Yes. Um, you said something earlier about, um, I think Bree, was that the that the name of one of your dogs? Yes, he was my first rescue dog. Because um, you, you said he was an emergency foster care. So was the yes. intention to keep him or were you just kind of short-term um, foster and that developed into lifelong? He was in an absolutely dire situation where he was removed from, um, in danger of being put to sleep. Um, really awful sort of situation within a family household. So they needed to remove him quickly. They didn't know what he was like with children or men or, or anything, really didn't know very much about him. So I took him on. Um, and yes, he was extremely difficult. Lots of 4 a.m. dog walks because he was very, very reactive with men, um, very reactive with dogs. He was fine with bitches, um, but other in entire males he was particularly bad with. Um, so, yes, it was lots of very, very early morning walks because that was the only time no one was around. It was just me and my, yeah. my Labradors. Um I guess I guess when you when you have a rescue dog or a foster dog, you, you really are not a hundred percent sure of what you're getting as far as character, mm. temperament, and yes. behaviors. Um yeah. yet you've gone back and you've done it again. So there was obviously something yes. a worthwhile experience. Would you yes. recommend it as an option to other people? Definitely. I mean, they've all, I've had three rescue labs and they've all been um I've had them because I volunteer for both the um the rescues, the societies. Um, I've had them as um, fosters um, and they've just, I've, I've sort of failed foster carer really. They've, they've always stayed. I've never sort of added them back. They've always stayed. So, um, yeah, it's a lovely thing to do. I guess, I mean, probably the aim is to um, obviously find them another home so you can then keep having others. But I've never been able to part with them as yet so <laughs> I guess that was the aim wasn't it to rehabilitate him to pass him on and then the next one comes in but um, you know it also sounds like maybe you've been chosen by your dogs to to be the forever homes and I think you know mm. if you've got a dog in the right home right people uh stick with it how many dogs can you accommodate are you going to be like the crazy Labrador lady with 12 dogs um I like four ideally um I had three together for a very long time and that was um, that worked really well. There were two males, both been castrated, 
and then a bitch who has also been spayed. Um, and that worked really well. That was a great, there was yellow, black and fox red. So it was, um, they, uh, that was a nice little combination that worked yeah. really well. Oh, nice. Hmm. So let's chat now about um, your business. So Hedgerow Hounds. So people will hear Hedgerow Hounds. They might have never heard of you before. They might know nothing about what you do. So give us a little rundown of what Hedgerow Hounds is all about. Well, I mean, it's basically, I mean, um, it's a range of predominantly organic herbal blends. Um, Initially, it started off, they were seasonal. So I'd have one for spring, which would be a lovely sort of cleansing spring tonic. Um, It would then move into summer. Um, and then there'd be, um, which was predominantly um, targeting flea and ticks, um, natural prevention. Um, and then it was going to be autumn um, and then winter. So that's how it started off. Um, and then as these things often do, it, it sort of grows and grows. And before you know it, you've got nine blends, um, which all do something a little bit different. Um, so then I think the next one was a calming one. I was asked, um, obviously, lots of anxious and reactive dogs. Um, and then there was one for senior dogs. Um, so there was a general sort of um, vitamin and mineral and herb one. So it's, it's just sort of, um, as these things often do, just grown into something much, much bigger. It's kind of like a, a herbal, natural yes. um, supplement, every, I suppose. Yeah, it's all um, herbs, superfoods, um, seeds, berries. And, um, yeah, there's nothing. There's no sort of artificial colouring or preservatives or anything to bulk up um, the, the blends. That's why it's, you don't have to feed very much. I think people are quite shocked at how little you have to feed. A Labrador would have, say, a teaspoon a day. Okay. Um, so it's not huge amounts because it's um, it's quite concentrated, I guess. It's not there's lots lots of other things in there to to bulk it up. So it's essentially like a a ready made uh, supplement or additive that you can apply on your dog's food to give them um, health and nutrition benefits once they've consumed it. Is that right? Yes. I mean, it, it can literally go on to, I mean, a lot of my customers are raw feeders, so um, it can go on to raw food or just wet food. If it, if you feed dry, it's probably better to just rehydrate the herbal blend with a little bit of hot water or warm water. So then it will allow it to coat the, the dry food. Um, so you could, some people feed two different blends. Um, so we could potentially have one one for breakfast and one for dinner. There's also one that tackles sort of digestive issues and reflux. So that's um, that's fairly sort of, you can adapt it to how, how your dog needs it. So some dogs maybe struggle overnight with reflux. So it could be made into just a little paste and um, something for bedtime really which helps coat their gut and um, and just sort of ease any tummy, tummy troubles overnight. What made you start creating these blends? Where did that stem from? Was it issues with your own dogs, previous um, employment? You know, what, what's your background, I suppose, and why did it all take place? Well, that all started um, with my, um, my two Labrador bitches I had, um, you know, back in sort of, Probably the early 90s, we had lots of issues um, at the time with dog food. I think there was a lot of um, scare with the whole sort of BSE thing and people were were having to change 
um, dog food and some of the manufacturers were suddenly having to change recipes, couldn't source um, the proteins that they wanted. And I had two episodes, I had, actually I had four dogs at that time um, and they were having the most horrendous diarrhoea and ended up with um, two of them in, in the vets because they were very poorly and that turned out to be salmonella um, and that was through more sort of um, well, like the mueslis used to be lots of sort of um, dry food with the um, maize and like a muesli style of food so they're extremely unwell and um, so I changed brands um, and within four months a similar sort of thing happened and two of them again ended up at, in the vets very poorly indeed um, and that happened to be uh, rancid fats this time and the company were very good and paid all the vets bills but I thought I sort of had enough of it by then we were in a, a mobile home because we we're having a house built and you imagine with four labradors with acute diarrhea in a mobile home it was really the final straw so I decided that I would just cook for the whole lot so I got myself a big stock pot and then sort of made up and they've got lots of different um scraps of offal and, and meat um, I think we probably used sort of potato and vegetables and just made a big old stew for them every single day and batch cooked for them. Um, and I was, uh, we had a fantastic vet who's an absolute legend called Chris Day. And sadly, he died a couple of months ago, but um, he was just amazing with herbs and homeopathy and um, very sort of big in raw feeding. That he helped me formulate, um, you know, taught me about herbs really. I used to forage my own, we used to forage nettles and rose hips, and then just sort of I couldn't quite find what I wanted to change with the season, so I ended up making my own for the dogs, um, which was added to this um, this cooked food every day. And then how did that develop then into a business? So you've created this product that works for your Labradors you know did you just produce too much and decide to sell it to your friends were people asking you for it that went on for quite a few years and then I started making blends for the horses as well Um, and then I started doing all my therapy training so I went off to um, Somerset on and off for sort of about three years and did all the sports um, therapy sports massage canine and equine um, and again, sort of got into that whole complementary therapy world, really, and learnt, was learning, just was really hungry to learn anything more about herbs and um, you know, sort of natural feeding. And um, it was, I, I pretty much thought, well, what if I was to make just one blend to begin with, um, what would I make? And it was sort of, what is the most important on my list, really? Um, through all the knowledge that I've gained um, and that was Nature's Bounty was my very first blend Um, and it was only really supposed to be one blend at that stage. And it's Um, evolved from that point so you know you talk about about Nature's Blend so tell everyone about the products that you sell so you started with one and you've now got several products talk us through the different types, I suppose, and, and kind of what benefits each of those blends have. So if people do want to kind of look at your website, they've got an idea of uh, what would work for them potentially. Okay. I guess the, the main um, blend and probably my best seller is Nature's Bounty, um, which naturally repels fleas and ticks. 
I've made that, I mean, I've made it for probably about 15 years for my own dogs, but it's been um, for sale for 12 years. Um, so that's that main job. I mean, it's a very nutritious blend. It has got a lovely organic seaweed in as well. Um, but its main job um, is to repel fleas and ticks naturally. Um, it's very good for um, skin and you know, poor coat as well. Um, particularly, it's, it's got neem in it, neem leaf, um, which is very good for skin issues. Um, and the, the seaweed, again, is very good for, for skin issues. Um, I'm looking at I'm looking at that on your website as you speak, and there's two yes. things that stand out to me. Firstly, it looks beautiful because it's colourful, it's bright, and it's yes. lovely. It's um, colourful, yeah. And then I look at the ingredients list, and it is just really simple, natural ingredients. There's nothing, there's nothing in there that's like I would class as a preservative or anything nasty, you know, no chemicals or anything like that, which no. is, is really good. Hopefully, you should be able to read the ingredients list and think, oh, I recognise that, rather than thinking, what on earth is that? I have to Google it to know what on earth it is. So Yeah, and, and actually, I, I definitely recognise all those things, and I know what they all are, which is good. And it's 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 a broad um, range of ingredients, but it's, it's a relatively small list. It's not like a, a whole packet worth of stuff that no. you, you don't understand. No, no. So, and, and they do, considering there's... And they are predominantly organic and are, there is absolutely you know what you see on the label is what in there what's in there. there's no surprises at all it's um and it, they do last remarkably well considering they're not you know full of um preservatives so as long as they're kept dry i mean they're good for you know 10 or 11 months which i think is you know quite good and obviously if you've got a tiny dog just choose a smaller bag um you know, then you're not going to be stuck with it for months and months and months and you're thinking oh god it's about to go off so just that's why there's three different sizes so you can choose the best one for your size of dog um tell us a little bit about some of the others so i'm looking at another one on your website called green clay now what's green um, clay about yes. green clay is just an absolute wonder um it's it's not very exciting to look at it's, it, but it, for skin conditions, there's just nothing really that that touches it in all the years that I've used it. And it's just pure green clay. It comes from Italy. Um, it is cosmetic grade, so it's as highest grade. It's very, very fine. Some of the lesser qualities are quite gritty, but that's incredibly fine. You could either put it on dry with, I actually um, have got a, a really clean blusher brush you put the makeup on with um i bought a new one of those and that's really quite good for um just putting it on very gently it's brilliant for hot spots um which you can put on as a paste so a tiny little drop of water with a clay you can stir it in and it makes quite a thick paste which i tend to put on with the back of a teaspoon um and that is brilliant for getting rid of the the heat and you know the inflammation and just drawing all the the muck out and drying the the hot spot up really um always recommend using lucillin beforehand to keep it nice and clean um and then going in with your green clay um, but it can be used literally on cats dogs horses sheep um, I was just looking at that. I was just about to say on your website, it says, you know, can be used on sheep and all all, all yes. types of animals. So it's yeah. kind of, um, that's almost like a handy one to have in the first aid box. Oh, it's brilliant. And it obviously it's human grade. So um, very good if you get stung um, or 
you know, touch patch of nettles and you're extremely um, sort of inflamed and itchy. Brilliant for that. You can just dust it on, really. But it's um, it's just extraordinary product and it's it's completely natural. Um, pretty cheap. There's only one ingredient. There's nothing else in it at all. Some people do add their own essential oils. So if you want to put a drop of um, something like tea tree or lavender oil, just a single drop into the paste, um, you could do that. Um, so just keep the essential oils away from the cats. If you're going to use it with cats, just use it as neat clay with nothing added to it. There's another one that I'm looking at on your website, which I think would be really beneficial to a lot of Labrador owners, particularly those with with young, energetic, hyperactive, crazy youngsters. Um, it's the Tranquil Blend. It says relax and calm. So, yes. who do you recommend this for? Um, I mean, that is again, that's been around quite some time and got some fantastic um, feedback and reviews on that one. Any, any dog that's very stressy or anxious, reactive, just ones that just won't settle um, or those that are just a little bit wired. Um, maybe if you're going into training your Labrador, it seems to help them just take the edge off so they can actually learn. Because sometimes if they're so hyper and stressy, nothing, the information just doesn't sort of go in. It just seems to help take the edge off them so they can process what you're trying to teach them. Um, it's very good for actually settling the gut as well, because obviously if a dog is, is quite anxious or stressed, incredibly excitable, it tends to go to their guts as well. So there's marshmallow root in there just to try and soothe the whole system. Um, so that's a really nice one. And, and so with I've this, some... with that being a natural blend, I'm guessing it's not going to, it's not going to sedate your dog like a... no. A medication would it's more just to kind no. of take the edge and calm them um, well, i've i've chosen vervain rather than valerian because valerian is quite um it has more of a sedative effect and actually some people as people and animals can react um quite badly to valerian it can almost send them um more anxious more excitable it has the opposite effect of what you're actually aiming for whereas vervain is um, a little bit more reliable than valerian. I quite like with valerian in a spray or um, tends to be in something like, um, you know, like pet remedies or where they can actually um, smell the valerian. It is quite sedating in, in that respect. Um, so I've, I've, I have steered away from valerian and, and gone down the vervain route instead another thing i notice about this product again it looks beautiful it's colorful Ooh. it looks natural really really nice looking um and i suppose everything is natural so it's all herbal blends is that across all of your range is everything natural and herbal yes um i have one there's a powder which again doesn't look terribly exciting the digest and rest um that is a beautiful blend and that's had the most amazing feedback hasn't been out that long it's probably one of my newer ones i think it came out early last year um say so it's not the compared to the others it's not the most attractive to look at it's, it's fairly because the marshmallow root is just sort of um a lightish beige color but that's very, very um, 
versatile. You can have it, feed it dry. You could make it into a paste. And um, for dogs that may be a little bit off colour and they, they don't want to be presented with a bowl full of food, we could maybe just make you know, a tiny little bit with the paste and um, maybe some cottage cheese or just something small that they're, they're tempted to eat. Okay. Yes, it's, so it's all completely natural. I tend to use only two companies that I really, really trust. So I don't sort of shop around. I tend to, I've used them for years, so I stick with them. Um, and they know how fussy I am and there's, there's certain things I won't have and um, you know, I am quite fussy where they're sourced from, where okay. they grow. So if it's an all natural product and you, you very kindly, transparently list all of your ingredients in them on the website, can people just go out to their own herb garden, pick all the same herbs and just feed it to their dog? Or is it a, a specifically developed um, recipe, if you like, to make sure that we get the best results. Yes, they, they, all the blends, um, they have taken years, really, of research and what goes with what, what doesn't go together. Um, so it all sort of gels nicely. Everything complements each other um, in the set ratios as well in each blend. So, I mean, some of the, I mean, I try to get as much as I can, um, which is grown in the UK. But something like neem leaf can only be grown in India. Um, so there are some things you just cannot get because our, our climate is just not um, you know, conducive to growing certain things. So, um, I mean, I, mean I, I quite often go out in my herb garden and pick um, dill or fennel or parsley, um, something like that for the dogs and chop it up really finely. So there are certain things you can grow yourself. Um, you know, I think think if only you had one room for one herb it would be parsley and that would be great to add to your dog's food but all the all the blends of um, veterinary approved approached my um, holistic vet and said you know would you check this are you happy with the ratios and um, and the wording of the the product and so she goes through all of it for me and um, and okays everything good so why is this um these type of products, this range of products, why are they more beneficial than going to a pet store and buying a, a non-herbal off-the-shelf additive to put in your dog's food? Because it is natural and because it's well, food, really. I mean, it's they're all sort of food grade. The dog's body should accept and absorb that as being a food, whereas a, a lot of the other um, supplements you get are synthetic. So the body doesn't recognise as it is it being a food, so it can be absorbed um, more readily into the system. Um, and I do like to um, have a broad range, so people aren't just on one blend um, all year round. There's always you can always sort of mix and match, and um, just a good good variety really. It's okay. nice to um, vary it throughout the year to get the um, really good benefits from each you know, different blend. Absolutely. Um, should people kind of wait until they've got an issue with their dog before they start adding these wonderful herbal additives into food? Or actually, is there a good amount of your range that can almost be used as a preventative to stop things going wrong and, and generally just keep your dog in tip-top condition, even though there's not a specific problem? 
people tend to go um, on nature's bounty, which is the blend to repel fleas and ticks. They will start in February. Um, it just gives the herbs a chance to get into the system and start to work before fleas and ticks become active. I mean, it can be used later on in the year, but obviously you've got, you just need you know, maybe four to six weeks for them to be really effective. So people will, will tend to start early in the year. Um, if you start later, I always recommend that you just use a natural spray as a, a bit of a top up, really, until just give the, the herbs a little bit of a chance to, to get to work. So people do start early with that one just to um, prevent fleas and ticks. Um, there is a senior blend, um, which is, is quite useful with geared for all the things that may um, sort of affect your, your Labrador as they get older. Um, there's quite a few. Um, the Green Season Superfoods is a nice one, um, just an everyday blend, which is really nutritious. And there is a performance blend which people tend to use um, for canny cross and, uh, and agility, that sort of thing. And they will start probably about a month before um, their, their show season starts. So if if people are wanting to kind of dip their toe into this um, this area, maybe they've not tried it before, have you got mm. your your kind of favourite product, I guess? I guess they're all your your special products because you've created them all but what would your one product be that everyone should try well apart from nature's bounty which is so important um to prevent fleas and ticks so you don't have to keep using chemicals um on your dog the whole time probably a really good one is green seeds and superfoods because that has um a little bit of vegetable in there some lovely herbs um, a few seeds um, then you have your superfoods um, like Corella and spirulina. So that, that's a really nice one. Uh, the dogs love it as well. Um, I find a lot of customers say that their, their dogs don't eat so much grass when they're um, on the greens and seeds as well. So it can prevent them. Some dogs just eat huge amounts of grass. So it can um, that can really help. And it's quite an easy one if you, um, certainly for raw feeders, if you don't want to, prepare vegetables every day um, that's quite a good one to use instead okay brilliant um our listeners kindly sent in a couple of questions for you because they knew that i was chatting to you and they had some specific questions around some of the issues they were having with their own labradors and to see really what advice you could give about if you've got any products that would help so if you don't mind i'm going to run through a couple yeah, of questions sure. with you so first one is my labrador gets a runny nose particularly when he's been exercising in long grass what can I do to help him? That's probably a seasonal allergy. Um, there is a blend which is really good for um, that that particular sort of time of year, which is the Nature's Skin Tonic. Um, it's got quite a lot of um, nettle in there, which is a natural um, antihistamine. So that's a really good one. Um, certainly trying to Avoid this sort of peak times, isn't it, where pollen and um, is particularly bad, or the grass has gone to seed. I think sometimes rinsing them when you get back as well, um, a nice sort of natural coat rinse, or sometimes you know just cider vinegar and um, lukewarm water, and just wipe them over or rinse them down to get the pollen actually off of them. 
um, is quite a good good way. Um, I, I think actually on that point, I'm sure I read uh, maybe on your social media you had a recipe for a, a coat rinse that you could keep in the fridge yes. for a week. Is that right? Yeah, you can pop it in the fridge and either rinse or, or um, put it into one of the, the spray bottles so you can mist their coat. Nettle tea bags you can get, chamomile tea bags. You can make up quite a strong brew with those. Um, cider vinegar is very good. Um, and most people have got that in their cupboard. Um, and if you um, use distilled water or just sort of boil boil up the whole kettle, let it cool, and then use that water when it's cool. And that's quite a, um, a good rinse. Calendula petals, if you can get them. Um, you can either, I've got some growing in the herb patch, or you can get them um, dried. So that's um, that's a good Green tea actually is quite good as well. So make use of those lovely herb tea bags. Um, you know, if you can get hold of some of those, they, they do make quite nice um, coat rinses, either nettle, chamomile, are particular good um, ones to use. Okay, so it's just a case of kind of diluting it with, with your distilled water and spraying yes. it on, yeah? Yeah, and then um, a little sort of, I normally use a couple of capfuls um, from the cider vinegar and give that a stir. That's a really nice one um, to use. That's good for, for the skin as well. Okay, brilliant. Um, the next question might be a similar sort of answer, I suspect, but my dog gets leaky eyes at different times of the year. I suspect it's a seasonal allergy. Can I give her something to prevent it or make it a little bit more comfortable? Yes, there seems to be so many um, seasonal allergies. I think, I, th are... I think we are seeing way more seasonal allergies now mm. than we were five years ago with our dogs, definitely. Yes, um, I think just dogs in general are probably exposed um, to so many chemicals in the house, outside of the house, and you know, walking alongside farmers' fields. I think they're just sort of um, very sensitised to the environment nowadays. Um, again, it's maybe sort of using the um, the coat rinse. You could um, make up your green tea or nettle tea um, and just bathe the eyes or chamomile tea, just, um, you know, with a cotton pad. Um, Nature's Tonic, again, has got the um, the nettle, which may well help. I mean, you could dry your own nettles in spring if you're um, if you fancy doing that. So nettle's quite good. And... Um, yeah, just being a little bit more mindful where you work, walk walk them at certain times of the year, really. Um, certainly near sort of wheat fields in particular or, or the all-seed rape, they do spray an awful lot. Um, I see dogs running through the wheat fields having a fabulous time, but, um, I mean, it's sprayed on a weekly basis. So it's, um, you, it's you've got to be really quite careful with what they're running through. And obviously they're, they're quite low level, aren't they? They're getting it all in their face. Yeah, is it straight in the eyes, straight up the nose yes. and in the face? Yeah, it's um, a yeah. big consideration. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and omega-3 is always good for skin issues or you know, itchy dogs. Um, I quite like the tin pilchards. I think they're excellent for your oily fish. Yeah, um, I absolutely. I, I, never leave the, I never leave the supermarket without some... Uh, tinned fish for my dogs yes. um it, it's it's oh. and it's um it keeps nicely because it's it's tin so it's it stay they stay fresh in tin they're so cheap and um most dogs love them so it's quite an, a nice way to incorporate some oily fish 
Thank you. The next question we've got is, um, my dog has recently been castrated and after that he's developed a poor coat condition. And it's been described as almost like he's having a really bad hair day. Mm. Um, is there a product that might be able to help with that? That sounds um, like omega-3 again, doesn't it, really? So um, I guess he's missing his hormones a little bit. Um, so, yes, I mean, certainly nature's bounty would be good because um, that does improve um, coat and skin condition. But certainly try and incorporate um, oily fish into the diet. Um, I prefer either a whole fish like the sprats or, or the tinned fish, um, as long as it's oily fish like the pilchards and sardines. Um, rather than fish oil, I'm not a fan of fish oil at all. And it goes rancid incredibly quickly. So that, um, that's things like salmon oil, presumably, is that what you're talking about? Yes, and they... Particularly if they're in the plastic sort of pump bottles, um, the minute the air is in there, I mean, it's, it goes rancid incredibly quickly, which is obviously inflammatory. And that's the whole thing we're trying to avoid. So if you can actually get some, you know, a whole fish sort of as in your tin, your tinned oily fish or um, those little frozen sprats, a lot of dogs love those. And, and also places like your supermarket or your fishmonger yeah. at the end of the day usually have a good amount of fish left over at a very reasonable price. Um, it, yeah. It's a good, cheap way to get really good kind of stuff yeah. into your into your um, dogs as well. If you want to go down the um, feeding the fish oils, if you can try and get them in um, capsules, because obviously they're not exposed to air, so they won't be um, won't be rancid. Um, you can either feed the whole capsule and you know, just double, double check on all the ingredients. Um, or some people just put um, a pin in the end of the capsule and squeeze it. Um, yeah. So that's quite a way. At least you'll know that it's, I mean, krill oil is very nice as well. Um, you'll know it's nice and fresh and hasn't had the air um, got to it. Okay, great advice. And our final question is about fleas and ticks. Um, so is there a product that is cheaper, more effective, and most importantly, less chemical based than the ones that mm. they are currently buying from, from the shops or the vets? Now, I know on this point, people, um, give treatments monthly for their dogs. Some people never at all. I personally use a, a herbal spray on my dogs before a walk and after a walk. So I, I don't um, put a tick treatment on my dogs um, because I'm concerned about all those chemicals that we put on. I think that's probably the same concerns that this person has here. So what's your view on flea and tick treatments? I think that if you're going to feed something, so you're putting something in the food um, to repel fleas and ticks, um, certainly start early. You know, if you're starting in June, July, when when the um, the little pests are really active, you've almost sort of missed the boat, really. So if you're going to go down that route, start early. It used to be just a summer issue, but now people are finding fleas and ticks in January and February time. They don't seem to go particularly dormant anymore um so the so start definitely start early um use your natural sprays as a backup um you know if, before the the herbs got into the system um coat rinses again there's some really nice um sprays and coat rinses on on the market that's all i've ever used really for the last 
gosh, almost 20 years, is just my herbal blend. Most of the, the products I sell for that particular issue are um, either way up in Scotland or down sort of in the West Country where the, um, the deer ticks in particular are really very active. They are a big problem. Um, and it's it's certainly been been you know quite effective for over the years. It has been people just use that and nothing else. Um, people will use garlic sometimes, a little bit of crushed garlic. There's a, actually I've got a um, if somebody wants to know more about that, there is a blog on the website which gives um, sort of dosage and and if the dog is on medication, you know certain things. There would be certain situations where you wouldn't use garlic, for instance, but some people will use, um, you know, top up a little bit with garlic in the height of the summer. And I think that's um, not to use it all year round, maybe just sort of target the worst months when fleas and ticks are particularly active. Okay. So if the, if the person asking this question wants to move away from their chemical-based um, mm. tick and flea, would it be nature's bounty, which would be the one that you'd suggest yes, that, one of your that products. is purely um created um for the fleas and ticks in mind so if we look at nature's bounty in comparison price wise to uh one of the kind of regular uh flea and tick treatment where are we at are we looking at a similar sort of price i mean it's it doesn't look to be particularly expensive in all honesty from your website so mm. d- does that last a good amount of time it does. I mean, the 55-gram bag would last a Labrador six weeks. And then you've got the choice of 125, 250, 500 and a kilo for multiple dogs or bigger dogs. Um, I mean, it is nutritious as well. So I mean, there's nothing nutritious about popping sort of, you know, pour on things onto a dog or, or the tablet. So I've, that's why I've included the organic seaweed because the dogs are on it you know, for quite a long time normally February right the way through until sort of October no, November time so I've tried to make it nutritious so they they do benefit in other ways from being on it for for quite some time um, so you don't need to feed large amounts of it at all I mean it hasn't got any side effects um, I mean nothing is absolutely a hundred percent effective. When I've known the most horrendous um, flea outbreaks on somebody that was using chemical flea treatments every you know, two months. So um, nothing can ever be a hundred percent, not even the chemicals. Yeah, I mean, obviously, always have your tick remover just in case um, at hand. But must admit, remember that's all my my dogs have, and they are outside all year round. Really, most of the time, are out in the long grass and out with the horses they're in the hay barn and it's not something I've ever had an issue with I mean it potentially is a little bit more of a challenge if you've got cats in the house because they um they do tend to bring fleas in sometimes so it's something maybe you need the backup of um the herbal blend and maybe at certain times of the year a natural spray but there's so many customers now that just sort of have the herbal blend and, and never use anything else I think with the um, chemical sort of spot on treatments, that's probably the best way to describe them. They're really convenient for people because they can just pop the top mm. off and squirt a a liquid onto their dogs or their cats. Mm. I suspect not many of us that use those know exactly what we're putting onto our dogs. Um, is putting your herbs, your herbal blend into their food, 
a chore? You know, do you have to really think about it or is it as simple as half a teaspoon or whatever it might be just in the food? And it sounds like it's a very easy process. Yes, it's it's literally just a matter of um, you know, popping the, the blend on the food. You can either leave it on the top, which you would with the Labrador because they're just not fussed particularly, are they? But um, in other dogs, you could just stir it in. Um, it's pretty straightforward. Um, I mean, quite often what people will do, they will do their loading dose for six weeks where they um, feed every day and then they'll drop down to five days a week. So they have Saturday and Sunday off, for instance, which makes it even more cost effective. Um, just you were talking about garlic earlier, and that was one of the blog articles that I saw actually on your website. Yes. So um, a lot of people will be interested in all this kind of holistic approach that we've got to uh, health, nutrition and care and that kind of stuff. So tell us a little bit about the blog articles that you have, where people can find it, what type of stuff they're going to find on there and, and how it could be useful to them. I've tried to have a huge range, really. So there's because I've um, trained as a canine therapist, there's quite a lot in there, um, how to manage you know, senior dogs, arthritic dogs, things to put in place, um, obviously to uh, manage them when they, they get into their golden years. Um, there's things about preventing sort of repetitive strain in there. Um, there's quite a few recipes, so people that love to make their own treat recipes, for instance, um, or, you know, people that even do their own sort of doggy birthday cake. There's lots of recipes in there. Um, how to do bone broth for people that like to make their own bone broth. So there's, there is a good range of um, sort of everything you, you know, you may come across that you need a bit of help with. Um, with your dog really there are a few people that um, write for me so there's um, a physiotherapist that's got a really good blog about the um, the pros and cons for um, hydrotherapy um, compared to you know the water treadmill for instance if you were thinking about potentially having you know your, your dog um, go to hydrotherapy through arthritis or mobility issues so there's, there is a good range um, you know, people that maybe want to start raw feeding. There's lots of articles in there. So, um, And if people are looking at things like raw feeding or, or introducing specific blends or herbs into their dog's diet, um, rather than just looking at blogs, rather than just buying and trying lots of different things, you do some um, consultations with people. So people can work with you as well, can't they? They can jump on a call with you and and chat through their specific um challenges or or situations yes. so how do yeah. people do that absolutely um I mean, you can contact me through um the website or um you know social media but because dogs are well like us i mean they're just so individual um, sometimes you just sort of need to um, go a little bit more in depth um, just to sort of get to the um, the source of the problem, really. Sometimes it's just a few little minor tweaks. That's all it needs. But it's um, you do have to have that holistic approach where you sort of consider everything, um, you know, within that dog's lifestyle or diet. Um, bear in mind, are, are they on medication? So you might have to consider that. So it's um, it's quite a good way of um, you know, hopefully coming up with a really good outcome. You just have to go a little bit more in depth. 
Yeah, and I think it's the same with me and training. It's it's really difficult to give generic advice all the time because mm. our, do- our dogs are not generic, are they? They're all no. very, very different mm. and require different things. So that kind of personal approach at times is is golden, really. Yeah, um, and everyone's got such different lifestyles as well. What what can fit in um, for somebody's lifestyle would be impossible for somebody else. There's lots of um, things to take into consideration, aren't there? So yeah um where can people find you and hedgerow hounds so i know you've got a website but you you're quite prolific on social media you're all over the place there so um just give a little shout out to your social media handle so people can give you a little follow and see what you're all about yeah um, i probably do a little bit more on instagram nowadays um and that's just hedgerow hounds it's actually hedgerow underscore hounds um the the facebook page is hedgerow hounds again if people that are into um maybe sort of growing their own herbs and also planning um enrichment garden for their dog there is a hedgerow hounds home garden um on facebook and instagram so people that maybe are interested in that side of it um you've also really kindly set up an exclusive discount for the labrador podcast listeners so tell us what people can get where they can go and how they can use that yeah so if you go on to the website which is hedrohounds.co.uk and choose this applies to anything on the shop all the blends if you pop in um lab 10 at checkout so that's l-a-b 10 um, the lab is capital letters. There's no gaps. So it's LAB10. That will give you um, 10% off your order. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Um, Caroline, thank you very much for sharing your insights into Labradors, holistic approaches to care, nutrition and health. Remember to check out the Hedgerow Hands website, check out the blog posts and take advantage of that special discount. Thanks for joining us. Find out more by checking out talesofsuccess.com or search at Tales Success on your social channels.